Hey, it's Whoopi. As The View celebrates its 25th season, we're continuing our special podcast series. Today, Joy talks to Debbie Matinopoulos. Here's Joy. Debbie and I are both original co-hosts, and we both helped launch this show with Barbara Walters, Meredith Vieira, and Star Jones in 1997. Today, we talk about how Debbie got the job at just 22 years old, what it was like when Saturday Night Live started doing parodies of us, and how Debbie really felt when she was let go after one season. Here's our conversation. Hi, bitch. Hi. I've missed you, Joy Behar. So do you remember the audition that we did at the Essex House? It was you, me, was Meredith, incredible. and Star, and um, and Barbara, and Barbara. Well, Barbara never really. And we was, were the OGs. She was really watching. She was not really in it. Oh, wait a second. No, that first group that sat down, she sat down with us, and then she didn't sit with the rest of the groups. Then she left. Oh, is that remember? Right? And everyone got offended and said, "Yeah, she." Everyone got offended, and they thought it was fixed because. <laughs> well, she liked that group right away. Yeah, and then she got up and left, and all the other people were like, "Why isn't Barbara sitting with us?" Who are those ladies? Because she Why do they us. have like a leg up on us? Yeah, well, she liked you because well, one of the knew. reasons she liked you was because you imitated your Greek mother. She was obsessed with that. Like that was the only <laughs> reason that you got the job, if you want my opinion, Debbie. I swear. And the to fact God, that you were Joy. very cute and bubbly and young. And but it was your mother's the imitation of your mother that got you that job. What did mommy say? Oh, my mom. She said, Debbie, we came to this country 32 years ago, and today you're sitting next to Barbara Walters. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> she loved that. Mm -hmm. She was obsessed, obsessed with it. And my mom used to get so pissed off and say, stop to do me on the television. <laughs> and Barbara would be like, ah, ha, ha. do you remember when she said to me, uh, when she said to me, we were talking about me being Greek. And she said, what is your Greek name? And I said, Vespino. And she said, oh, no, no. We would have never hired you if your parents left your name as Vespino. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But she had cracked up every time you did your mother. Well, and, you know, but I mean, it gets so a little bit old after a while, you know, so then you had to come yeah. up with something else. And, and you I, did. And you did. You were very amusing on the show and, and fun. Yeah, but you were like, what were you, like 12? How old were you with that? You used to call me the porculator. <laughs> you were a baby. <laughs> I was... um. God, I was a baby, Joy. And I was still were, at NYU. You know, I, know. I graduated when I was when we were doing the run-throughs. Yeah. Do you remember that? I know. It must have been that scary. Was, I mean, how in the world? It's like the million-dollar question. What in the hell were they doing thinking about putting a 22-year-old on live daytime television? Well, you know how that works. We will never make that mistake again. You know that the, how that works. It works like this. Oh, we have a concept. Someone young, someone older, then middle-aged, then older. And, and then we have somebody like me, Lord Joy, who will say anything to anybody. They didn't even know what to do with me. But you were the young one, as Regis used to call you. He'd come on and say, so what do you think, young one? Remember, I was like, and yeah. that was the idea that, yeah, I loved that this is our concept and we're going to put this young one in there, whether she's ready to do it or not, which you really, you were, you were adorable, but you weren't quite ready to do it. It's a, not an easy show to do. Oh, Joy. I was not ready to do anything. I was not ready to do anything except be working at MTV and going to clubs and concerts. I mean, let's be honest. I was a kid. You know, to do a show like The View. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Our chemistry was undeniable. Yeah. We were the OGs. There's a reason Barbara sat down with us at that at the Essex house and said, no, this is the group. Because we weren't faking it. 
Right. It wasn't BS. We legitimately enjoyed each other's company yeah. and we would pick on each other in a way that was still friendly and not hateful. And we, we were like, you know, like sisters, like a family. So that there's no mistake that just worked. The other people there, I mean, do you remember the people there yeah. and everyone trying to fit whatever they thought Barbara wanted really desperately? Oh God, I want this job so bad. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were working so hard for it that it, it was like, you're such a try hard, calm down. We were just having a conversation. Right. So I think though they saw that and yes, there was a magic there, but the truth is I, you need to know about the world. You need to know about life to do a show like The View. What the hell did I know? You do. I knew nothing. I was literally plucked out of nowhere. I mean, the only reason I even came to that audition was because uh, because I went to a party for my friend who was going away at Calvin Klein's house, by the way, a friend of mine that worked with me at um, MTV. So he was, he was going to go be like a weatherman in Boise, Idaho or something. This was his big break. And he was friends with Calvin Klein and that whole group of people. So he has this party uptown at this like fancy pants apartment. And I'm thinking, oh God, am I going to drag my ass up there to go to this party, blah, blah, blah. So I'll go to the party. And who was there but a casting agent for uh, for Barwall. Oh. And said, oh, hey, you over there. I mean, I had pink hair, Joy. Oh, we'd love for you to come in and, and talk to Bill Getty and Barbara Walters about doing a show called The View From Here. Right. Remember? That was original, yeah. And that's, well, it just, yeah. it just the, said, the lesson to be learned from that is 98% of success is showing up. Showing up. Yeah. And I thought, these people are insane. What the hell is Barbara Walters going to want to sit next to me? Like, I'm literally I, I'm a, telling a you, she, she wanted you next to her to just do your mother's impression every minute. <laughs> so now listen. But you remember, <laughs> halfway through the season, they had to move me because she kept smacking me under the table. I know. There was a lot of under-the-table smacking that went on in those days. (laughs) But listen, which brings me to uh, your relationship to Star Jones, which I thought was uh, uh, interesting. She was um, 15 years older than you. How old were you, 20 at that time? Yeah. That was 22 by the time we started the show. She was 35. But you had in common that you both were party girls in a way. You both wanted to go to the parties and you wanted to go to the premieres and you wanted to show up everywhere, the two of you. And um, I don't know if I wanted to. I think I was pushed into oh. it. I think they wanted me to go a lot. And, and and Donald and Sue would come in and be like, here, we've got tickets to this. Somebody from this show has got to show up and show their faces. And Star was always first to, oh, yeah, first in line. Yeah, and she I loved would be it. dragged out. She always wanted yeah, to go. I'd be dragged out. You know, it's funny. The show now is not like that. Nobody really leans on us to do all that stuff. People do go. But you don't, there's none of this intimidation that went on a little bit in those days, I felt. Like, you have to go. This is your job. They were always trying to push us to go out to these things. And Star loved it. You know, we were really good friends in that that time. But we all were. We remember all the parties Barbara used to take us to? Do you remember she'd take us to Le Cirque? Oh, for like yeah. these lunches once yeah, a month. Yeah, I know. Do you remember that? Well, she, Barbara was very, can be very good to you. Like one time, Steve and yeah. I, uh, my husband now, we wanted to go to Paris. We were going to Paris. And I read that the three tenors were performing in Paris. And I got so juiced up about that. I said to Barbara, can you get us, can you get us tickets to that? Oh, yes, no problem. She calls up, I think it was Felix Roatin or somebody who was the ambassador to France, calls him up. Steve and I had front row seats at the concert in front of, they were in front of the Eiffel Tower singing arias. 
Pavarotti, oh Carreras, and uh, Placido Domingo. I mean, that was a gift. Wow. I will never quite forget that. That was something. Yeah. It, there's, I mean, honestly, Joy, we have been so blessed. Yes. I mean, look, we're like in the top 0.001% of the world. There's like a handful of us who have been on this show and have had the opportunities yeah. that most people in this on this planet will not have. And at the beginning, we really got spoiled. Do you remember the presents Barbara used to give us? She gave us a Rolex watch, the, but then she stopped. Yeah, hello. Then she got annoyed with us. Oh, I, I thought think. you said she, she took no it more back. gifts. <laughs> no, Barbara's the great regifter. Listen, let's tell the truth here. Barbara shops in her closet. <laughs> oh my god! And you know what? She I don't mind give that. Give me sweater sets. She had in her closet with with the with the letter B on them. But listen, I don't mind that because it was Barbara's stash. It wasn't like you know. Some guy, person who had no taste or had, had didn't get the most incredible gifts. So I didn't mind the regifting from her. I liked it. No, I mean, listen, if you're going to get regifted, you should be so lucky to be regifted <laughs> from Barbara right. Walters. Exactly. And the Tiffany clocks and stuff she used to give us. I mean, incredible. And she would always monogram them all or have them all engraved. I still have that. It doesn't work, but I have it. So um, you and I have the distinction of being fired from the show. What, we're the only two? There's about 18 of us. Well, we're the only two with the distinction? The others were not summarily <laughs> dismissed in a certain way. They just, just they sort were. of like dropped them or something. I don't know what, how they got rid of people over right. the years. Well, you and I, for whatever reason, were unceremoniously dismissed mm -hmm. and it became public because you and I aren't going to... Keep our mouths uh, shut. We're very similar in the way that we're not going to keep our mouths shut and be like, really? Oh, really? You wish me well? You fired me. Let's be clear. I always say I was the first one voted <laughs> off the island. Yeah. I was the original survivor. You were. And then there was uh, there was an influx and a flood of others. And, you know, I think being the first one to be fired from the show, it, it really hit me hard. Not to mention, yeah. you know, I was a kid still. Yeah. I was still only 24 years old. Like, so my career was over in my mind, right as it had began. Yeah. Yet... You know, you, you try to think like, oh, my gosh, it's my fault. I've done all this. I'm the one that that messed this big opportunity up. And as the rest fell, you know, the dominoes fell, I realized, oh, it had nothing to do with me. It had to do exactly with what they wanted. And that's just television. But that's an important thing to um, for people to understand in showbiz. You know, you don't you didn't get the part probably yeah, but, because you, know, when you you're weren't the right type or I don't know, you were too tall or too short or the wrong hair color or something. Had nothing to do with you. Yeah. So yeah. But if I didn't go, I didn't it. go out there and say they fired me. I didn't go out and say that. I kept my mouth shut for a while, and then they begged no. me to come back. And then after I went back, I told it. You said you were fired. <laughs> I did. I don't really believe in burning bridges. It's like okay, you fired oh, no. me, but that doesn't mean anything to me. I wrote. I wrote a show me for either. myself in those two years. I don't care. I had other things to do. Exactly. And then they called me exactly. up and said, "Will you come back?" So I say, "Okay." And then I'm telling the true story after when I'm back. Right. No, me too. Me too. I'm not. So what? They fired me. Who cares? I didn't, I wasn't holding a grudge. I no. blamed myself for a long time Did you? and realized I, listen, I, I just, I, I had to pick myself up from the bootstraps and like dust myself off and, and realize, wait, this does not define me. It is not about me. And as the rest started to leave the show, I realized, oh, okay, this is literally has nothing to do with me. Yeah. This but, you know, it's a lesson that, that we learned so that I learned very young. And clearly yeah. you knew this lesson. It's like, 
water off a duck's back. Who cares? Like, well, that's cares? the key well, to I, working on the view. You can't be too sensitive on this show. Not only no, with the people no. that you, you work are, with. If you are, you'll be eaten alive. And wait a second, you were before Twitter and Facebook and, and everything else. Uh, Joy, I was the original Twitter. Don't you remember I used to get in trouble with the executives at ABC? Don't you remember I doing would what? answer the emails? They would send the emails. Well, it's their fault for letting us look at the emails that they were sending to the boards. So they would send emails and you would be like, oh, who cares what they're calling you? Who cares what they say? You know, Star would answer the nice ones. And Meredith would just split out of there and go home and get her kids as quickly as she could. Well, Star answered. You'd be like, Star used to, to answer to them. them. Star used to answer them sometimes, you know. Yeah. And, and that so was well, a mistake. You don't answer the trolls ever. I would answer the mean ones and I would say things back to them and get in so much trouble. Like I yeah. think one of them, I actually sent them an expletive and then it came back to me that, that I am not allowed to ever answer any emails again. Right. I, Elizabeth Hasselbeck had the same issue when I told her, Elizabeth, do not read them. She didn't answer them, but she was reading them. I told her it'll destroy you if you read these things because it's just anonymous people just, you know, blowing steam. That's all. And now it's gotten even worse because of social well, media. Yeah. Now they can sit there and hide behind their screens and say whatever they want to say right. and get away with it. And then, well, like, you know, also, well, that was true then, too. The emails were basically anonymous, weren't they? Right. But they but now they can rally the troops. Like now you can get a whole like armada behind you to be like, yeah, yeah, we don't like her. I mean, it's bananas. That's true. That's true. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. 
So, you know, SNL has been um, after us from the get-go. And they, they were hard on Thank you. Thank God. They were hard on you. Thank they were God. hard on Elizabeth. Um, they were a little rough on the young ones. So did it bother you when they did that? No. Joy, what? that show put us on the map. I know That's Barbara true. used to get so mad. But the truth is, we had to be like, Barbara, you better calm down. It's making us cool. Because it made, it, it like, it solidified our place in pop culture. It solidified the fact that this show was different than anything that ever happened before. I mean, look, the show's had a gazillion different iterations since since the OGs, since I was right. on and whatever. But the fact of the matter is that there was nothing like it before. We we created something that is in television history and will be forever. And like Barbara said, if this show works, you won't be able to walk down the street without people stopping you. There will be so many imitators. <coughs> and there were. Everybody has tried to copy The View. Everybody. Yeah, right. And they just don't do it as well. That's all. Yeah. But um, no. I mean, at first, I think I was like, come on. I'm not that stupid. But what it what happened was that the writers over there had picked up on the fact of our dynamic, had picked up on our dynamic on the show and the way that Barbara would treat me and the way that she would shut me down. So she would, she wanted me to be this 22 year old, like with my finger on the pulse of pop culture. And she would hit me under the table and I would stop talking in the middle of the sentence on live television. So people would be like, did she stroke? What happened to this chick? I mean, what is going on with this girl? <laughs> so, you laugh I now. Mean, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I, the first few times I was like, oh my God. And then after that, I was, I was like honored because two, two months earlier, no one even knew my name. And here suddenly I was this kid from MTV and SNL is parodying yeah. me and Cameron Diaz is playing me. And Reese Witherspoon and Claire Danes. I'm like, what? What is this life I'm living? I mean, it was almost surreal. At least, at least you had women doing you. I had a man doing <laughs> me. <laughs> did you? No, Fred no, Armisen. Anna Gastar. Anna Gastar did you at the beginning. Oh, it did. Oh, I forgot. Well, Fred Armisen yeah. made it famous. So what? Who cares? That one. No, only only Star was played by a man. That was Tracy Morgan. <laughs> yeah, and then he played Whoopi. So, but they didn't have any black women oh, over there at the time. I think you're right. Yeah, <clears throat> right. but oh my God, Tracy Morgan did such a great job. Remember when you went on Conan O'Brien? Oh, and I was so mad. Yeah, but remember when I was fired from The View and I went on I went on uh, SNL? I actually wrote that skit with <laughs> with um, Tina oh, Fey. Oh, really? With Tina Fey. Oh. It was before she was on the news. And uh -huh. somebody else, I don't know who that person was, but we wrote it to make it like I was really stupid and I didn't know that I'd been fired. And I came and sat down and there was no chair for me. And you wrote that? And you asked me, you're like, you didn't get with Tina Fey and the other writer. They were like, well, if we're going to do this, let's, you know, I want you to feel comfortable. And so they called me. I was fired, I guess, on a, I was fired early in the week. It was Did weird. you play it yourself? It wasn't like a Friday. Did you play yourself? Yes. And um, anyway, but Barbara, instead of being upset, because I was fired like on a Wednesday or something, or yeah, I guess on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And um, then like Larry King wanted to do an interview. All the paparazzi were in front of my apartment. They were going crazy. I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And I knew somebody at SNL, Lori, and she called me. She said, listen, we're going to do you. It's The View. We've been doing it. Bill Pullman is, is 
hosting, we're going to do you whether you want us to do you or not. Uh-huh. Do you want to come over and do it yourself? And yeah. I said, oh, my God, That's this is funny. even better than being on The View. So well, I sometimes yes. I think that they should ask us to write them because I could have written a couple of them better than they did because I know what ha- what what happened there. What really like, happened? Like we were done the other day by uh, about something, and it, it could have been so much funnier, I thought, but whatever. Um, what do you think you learned from Barbara? Because I learned not to pee, if possible, if I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things I learned from her because she never peed, remember? She used to tell us that's how she aced the interview or be- before Diane Sawyer got it or, or Leslie Stahl, one of them. She wouldn't pee. So I have learned that to control my urine. What else did you learn? Bladder. That's important as you age. Yeah. It's very important. <laughs> right. Bladder health so, is very so what important. Did, what did you learn? I, I learned to shut up. I learned to not to talk. <laughs> I learned, God, quite a few things. I mean, all kidding aside, the woman is a legend. So I learned the importance of listening and not not being married to your next question or being married to the oh, cards. Right. Because listen, the better listen, right. the better question comes from yeah. the follow-up. I learned often. By the way, that lesson was learned very hard. It was a hard lesson learned from Barbara. Barbara was not exactly the warm, cuddly type of person, but she is the ultimate definition of a boss. Like people throw around that word now, boss, boss. I'm like, oh, shut up, hashtag boss. You want to see a hashtag boss? You need to go back in history and take a look at Barbara and everything that she did to give us the opportunities that we have today. I mean, the woman busted her ass in all her life, in my opinion, her whole life. In my opinion, there's nobody better. So guess what? She wants to be like that. She deserves to be like that. To the detriment of her personal life sometimes. Yeah. And she only expected the best out of everyone around her because she was giving her 100%. So she's like, if I'm giving 100%, then, and I'm the one who created this, it's disrespectful for you not to give 100%. And after being in this business for as long as I have, yeah, I, and obviously you know this. Now you're like, I understand that a hundred percent. But the day that I learned to actually listen from her, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you remember this one. God, this was like I think I have PTSD. Billy Bob Thornton was on the show. It. Well, I was so nervous. I was always so nervous because I just wanted to be able to keep up with you guys and to make Barbara proud. That's all I ever wanted, you know, because they hired me to be a kid and be. Yeah. who I was. And then they decided, oh no, that's too much. We need you to do this instead. So right. I was constantly studying those cards and, oh my God, I'm so scared. I don't, I'm scared of my shadow and I got to pretend like I'm not scared. So I had the cards and me and Stuart Krasnow at that time would be in my dressing yeah, room I remember. and he would be my producer and we'd write all the answers, whatever. So I'm b- backstage reading the cards incessantly. Billy Bob Thornton's beside me. And Barbara would, you know, always kind of saunter in because she was always ready and always very prepared. So she comes in and sees me reading the cards and takes them out of my hand and rips them up and oh. says to me, you don't need the cards today, baby. I swear to you, my entire life flashed before my eyes. I thought, what in the world did she just do to me? She said, you don't need the cards just listen, like I told you. You're much better when you just listen. Uh-huh. I, well, that's a good I lesson. thought I was going to have a heart attack. They're counting 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 for us to walk on the stage in front of the entire audience. I sat down. All the blood rushed to my head. But the truth is, it was probably the best show I ever did on The mm-hmm. View. 
because so she I, was right. I wasn't worried about what Stuart and I had conjured up to say that a 22 year old would think. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to talk and I'm just going to listen. And and that was, you know, probably one of the best lessons I've learned from her. She also Well, that is the key I'm, to the show is to listen because it is a conversation it, and a conversation is half about listening. Remember that, as you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She also, and I know you know this, taught us never to be late. Oh, God, I know. So let's say, um, do you have any regrets at all? Probably what I regret the most about that time on the show, Joy, was just trying to fit into a mold that I wasn't, trying to be somebody I wasn't. Well, because I think what you just said, what you just said about the lesson you got from Barbara that was the end of, of you being, you know, uh, strict of reading the questions of preparing, just being yourself. So you may regret not being yourself before that, but then you got it and you didn't have to, you could yeah. be yourself then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, but you know what? But all that time wasted, I beat myself up so badly. I know, but you I were a always... kid, you know, Debbie, here's the thing, you know, I didn't start my career till I was way in my thirties. I was a teacher. I was a, a receptionist. I was. I worked at the employment service. I did a lot of different jobs, because I I sensed how difficult showbiz can be for young people, and I didn't really want to put myself in that position. And I didn't want to take it. But then I became an older person. Had some therapy, and then I could take the business. The business is very hard on young people. So you should congratulate yourself that you survived. Basically, because I don't think I mean, anybody at that point and that age that you were could have done a better job. I seriously mean that. It's oh, so hard to oh do. God. This show is a very hard job to do. So you should it remember that. It's a really that. hard job to do. Joy, I love you. I mean, thank you really you should remember that. that because how many, look at what goes on with kids in show business. They become drug addicts, many of them. They have mental breakdowns. I mean, back in the day, you hear stories about Judy Garland and Margaret O'Brien became a morbidly obese at one point, all these girls. And, and there are many stories of more contemporary uh, topics, but since I'm 150 years old, those are my references. But <laughs> I'm just saying, you did very well. You, you raised a kid, you have a normal life. You know, you look back and you learn something and it was very, it was not something you should beat yourself up about at all. And you still look gorgeous. I mean, so what are you worried about? Oh, thank you, George. You look exactly the same. I'm telling you, at that time. Oh, I you know, don't. I mean, and you, <laughs> by the way, you, yeah, you do. You look exactly the same. And no. you guys had a lot to do with why I didn't go off the rails. I mean, I was scared. Of the of course. were following me around. I was not prepared for that. I wasn't like, why are people following me? Stop looking at me. I wasn't prepared for any of it. I did not. I wasn't prepared to sit down next to the most world-renowned journalist I was not ready to sit down next yeah. to a lawyer or a comedian who'd been doing it for 40 years or or Meredith, yeah, not true. to mention the other stuff that came on top yeah. of it. So you guys, though, were really like a family. Like, Joy, yeah. you would say, oh, it's okay, kid, come here. And I would like, I used to love to give you the layup. My favorite thing was if I could just give Joy her layup, then I could take the onus off me for anything else. Let me just give her a, lay- a layup and let her go in for the kill. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's a good, yeah, it's a good, it's a very good position to be a straight man. You know, that's not a bad job, but, um, no, and I've had many over the years, Star. but, and, and then Star, Star was, was uh, friends with you. Meredith. She was good for you, I think. Yeah. And Meredith was good to me, but you know, I, if I look back at that time, I really think we were kind of like the original reality show. 
And, and well, it we, was, yeah. I think, Barbara's fear of what the other people would would think of us and Barbara's fear, because we were brand new. What are these people going to think of the people that I've hired? Oh, my goodness. What is the world going to think? She was like the mom who was worried about what everyone else thought. If we had just let it play out the way that it was supposed to play out and, okay, Debbie, well, according to page six, it appears you were dancing on a table at Hogs and Heifers last night. What do we make of this? If we had just let it play out that way, yeah. I really think the response would have been greater as opposed to saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, put it, sweep it under the rug. Well, that is an argument I continue to have about that. I mean, I I believe in uh, just go for it. But, you know, remember that Barbara was... Barbara had to protect her career as a journalist and her position on 2020 yeah. in those days, too. So even at the same time that she wanted spontaneity and fun, she also knew that she would be uh, in trouble at the uh, the other end of the network. So she yeah. had her own problems to deal with. We all had something that we were, you know, Meredith's trying to juggle a sick husband and three kids and a job, you know, and you're trying to, you know, get through your, your youth in one piece. You know, I'm trying to get a laugh every day to maintain my position as a comic and be smart if I could be smart. And uh, and Star, uh, you know, Star had to also prove that she was entertaining and a smart lawyer. And it was, you know, we all had those jobs to do. And, uh, you know, we did them pretty well over the years. Well, I, I would say you you have done him um, incredibly well. You're the last man standing. You understand this. I am. I am. You literally we'll <laughs> are the only thing... That ha- that still ties me to that show. Do you know that? I mean, that's nice, Joy. That's it's nice. So true. I can't be there forever, though. I cannot. You have to. If you ever leave, I'll feel like a piece I of me can't. has gone. As you know, I don't want them taking me out feet feet first. You know, yeah, one of the tricks in showbiz, like you know, is to know when you have to fold them. You know, you know when to fold yeah. them, when to when to no, hold them, when to fold them. You have to know, and I hope that I do know when the time comes. No, but one of the things I learned in now. COVID. No, not yet. But what I learned in, during the COVID is that I have other things I like to do besides this. <laughs> um, I think, unfortunately, for um, big companies, everyone figured that out during COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I am um, trying to remember um, before we hang up here. What was the last thing you said on the show? Do you remember before you left? No. Did you say what did you say? I have no idea. It's been great. I probably Thank you for having me. What did you say? Do you remember? I probably said something along those lines. Thank you so much. It was, you know, so wonderful. The experience, I'll, you know, never forget this experience. I mean, I can't imagine. What did I, I mean, right. what I really wanted to say, I'm sure was a lot different than what I did say. <laughs> of course. Well, everybody, when it's their last day, wants to say more, but you can't. Right. You don't want to burn bridges. No. That's a lesson it, in show business. Don't it, burn bridges. For what? Like, what for? For a woman who took a chance, Bill Getty and Barbara Walters took a chance on some little girl from Virginia who, right. you, who were, you, were, you know, right. didn't know anything about anything. And I'm going to blame her now. I mean, give me a break. How, if anything, by the I, way, how was your I'm mother? I'm thanking her. She if, changed I have my to life. know how your mother is. Oh, she's. My mother is doing so well. She got COVID. She, she got COVID. Uh-huh. Yeah. But after she had had her first shot. And thank, I mean, thankfully, because she had had the first shot, she was okay. So she recovered. Yeah. And she's doing well. I mean, That's good. thank God. Knock on wood. Everybody's healthy. Send my regards. Because I do remember yeah, so her she'll being be so a happy. crucial part. She's a crucial part of the show in the beginning, as, as were she you. She really was. So, all right. Bye, Debbie. 
Okay, bye, Joy. Love you. I'll see you soon. Next week on Behind the Table, Sonny Hostin talks to Jedediah Bila. I will speak to our cast. There was not one fight that nope. we had nope. offset. There was not one argument. There was not one close to nope. argument. There was Ever. zero, zero. And you're, you're saying it as we're saying Never. it. Like, All that and more next week. Behind the Table is produced by Nathan Getty and Summer Shake. Executive produced by Brian Tetta. Booking was overseen by Todd Polks. The executive producer of ABC Audio is Liz Alessi. Special thanks to Josh Cohan, Brenda Salinas-Baker, Trevor Hastings, David Toledo, Elizabeth Russo, Lori Hogan, Stacia Deshishku, Molly Kessler, and Ashley Havens. The Girlfriend is a free weekly e-newsletter from AARP built on the belief that girlfriend power is everything. It offers stories for Gen X women related to sex, health, beauty, travel, and money. Whether it's a shoulder to cry on or help navigating the next phase of your life, visit thegirlfriend.com to subscribe. You can also join the Girlfriend Book Club, a closed Facebook group that hosts live author interviews and free book giveaways. Again, it's thegirlfriend.com because everybody needs a girlfriend.